Here we go. The John Kelly Sherry Elliker Show. Starring Sherry Elliker and Lee Marvin. Andrew. Lee Marvin. Tough Irish intellect. I don't think there can be anything worse than that. There you go. Here she comes now. All right. Lee Marvin. Even I have a little trouble remembering him. <laughs> he's he's really guy, in the way back to Dirty machine. Dozen. Dirty yeah, Dozen. My I, mom yeah, had that yeah. big crush on him. Diving in. We break the tea about four. And say, all right, now we're going to do this thing. So, you know, walk through right. it, put the marks down. <clears> hey, <throat> Lee, 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 Lee. It's our show. You're just, a, you're just somebody... Occasionally gets mentioned in West Long. All right. Yeah, it was Lee Marvin and George Papard were the two guys on Mom. So every time they come on TV, my mom would go, God, those, look, look how masculine and they're so. Rah. I remember looking over at my dad like, oh boy, how embarrassing. <laughs> well, they were tough guys. Mom lusting after men on television. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to lust after the mayor who's now in control. You got a chance to watch him. I think he spoke for about 40 minutes or something like that. So, uh, Bruce, uh, Harold, uh, emphasizing the city's coming back. We're coming back. We're gonna, we're here. We come. Sounded like a lot like San Francisco. They're gonna try to, they want everybody to come back downtown again and then enjoy everything makes Seattle so great and come on in everybody. So he was saying that he is, um, he's bullish, bullish on downtown. Bullish. Let me say it again. I am bullish on our downtown. 100,000 residents, over 320,000 jobs. The undisputed economic engine and cultural hub of our region, our downtown is a special place and this country understands that. The problems we are facing are not insurmountable and the opportunities, therefore, are immense. Okay. The not insurmountable and opportunities immense. All right. So far, so good. Laying it out there. Uh, Oh, got a homeless problem. In our one Seattle that we envision and we are trying to lead, we believe that no one should have to live outside sheltered. Nobody. So in our first year, we responded to homelessness like the crisis it is. That started with our administration pioneering the Unified Care Team, or UCT work. A simple yet novel concept that by lining all of our city departments working on homelessness and aligning them and organizing organizing them the right way we can do better for those living on the street and everyone in our communities now the facts bear this to be true in 2022 the uct delivered over 1800 referrals to shelter in partnership with contract they delivered over 1800 referrals that means you walk up to somebody and you say hey you know there's a shelter down the street mm-hmm. that yeah that's a little a, thin you could get help you get help over here that's one. How many more you got to go? About 17,999. providers helping connect those experiencing homelessness with places to go, with service resources. Ay, ay, ay. It's an amazing Seattle, the size of Seattle. I think we're third in the country for a number of homeless. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, he likes the fact that, well, he's going to, they're going to get more affordable housing. And we can't lighten up or let up in 2023. We've put forward a $250 million investment in the budget. That is the largest of its kind ever toward affordable housing. Don't clap! <laughs> they all want affordable housing. 
No. You look at the amount of money they have spent. Like from 2015, they spent 90 million. Then the next year, 63 million, and then next year, 120 million. And it just keeps adding up over and over and over. They're going to spend uh, how much more for affordable housing? You know, they ran about 10,000 units out of Seattle in 21, 2022. Um, more than that, probably. Now you total them all up. But these are small mom pods that just couldn't afford to do it anymore because the city council passed all sorts of laws that restricted how landlords could do business. And they were like, you know what, forget it. We don't want to do it. You're making it too hard for us to have these apartments. You make it too difficult. You're taxing the hell out of us. We're selling. So they sold. They lost 10,000 units, 10,000 affordable places. These are places that we're charging. Mom, pa, landlords are doing like $2,000, $2,200, you know, for a three-bedroom. Those are gone. Most of that's all gone. So you had this idea, oh, we're going to build more. Well, why don't you also change the laws that are running the landlords out? Like first in, this you, ever, you didn't hear about this one, Sherry. First person that applies for the uh, apartment has to get the job, has to get it. Oh, by the way, you're not allowed to ask if they got a criminal history. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Oh, oh no. by the way, no. and when they put the moratorium, when they did the COVID lockdown moratorium thing, right. the landlord was only allowed to recoup a third of the rent due. Mm-hmm. So that each one of these just makes it harder and harder for people to run a business, and that business is providing housing. And if you happen to be one to build apartments, and you look at Seattle, you look at some other place, you got the capital, maybe you have a hundred million or two hundred fifty million, whatever you do, you want to build an apartment building. Think you want to build in Seattle? No, you'll go somewhere else. You go to Boise, you go to Tacoma, go somewhere else and build. Because why would you build someplace that is just diametrically opposed to what you'd like to do, which is provide a product to the consumer that would like to buy it without having the city step in and assume right away that you're a horrible, uh, snidely whiplash. So they write another law. They're even thinking Washington State is thinking about doing rent control. Rent control. I mean, I think it was, it might have been Milton Friedman that said, not, nothing does more damage to a, a city other than an atomic bomb than rent control. But the state of Washington wants to put, I think, a 7% cap in there. So then all the landlord, well, that's as high, I can't raise it up anymore. Well, anyway, I think that the that's... theory, obviously, is that in order to get people to come back to, to live and work in the city, they have to be able to afford it. And so if they can provide housing that is affordable, then more people, especially young people, will be attracted. They'll be attracted to it. The problem with that is, as you know, from living, having lived in New York City, rent control stuff, it's it's never divided evenly. Right. I mean, it's always somebody that hangs on to that apartment for 50 years, you know, because yeah. it's a rent controlled building. And so it's not like, oh, okay, we'll turn this over. And what I mean, it's it, it becomes this whole it, it, life I, of its I, own. I lived in one. I lived in one up on 94th and Broadway. It was a derelict building because they couldn't do anything. So the rent was good. But um, I talked about this before. The toilet broke. He called the guy like every week. Hey, can we get a new toilet? No, 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 not going to do anything. Couldn't do anything. It was garbage everywhere. The front door didn't lock. The toilet was broken. Never got a new toilet. So we all just had a hole in the floor that we used, and we stuck stuck the uh, flannel shirt that was left over by the girl who broke the toilet. So we used that as a sort of symbolic to plug it up every day to have the methane gas coming up. But that's oh. what you get. Rent. <laughs> Yuck. Oh, boy. I still remember what that shirt looked like. Oh. All right. Um, 
Uh, affordable housing. The city's going to build it because other people won't. No one has been as impassioned of a voice for the need for evidence-based, effective treatment solutions than Councilmember Sarah Nelson. I wanted to give Councilmember Nelson a shout-out. I've heard her do work and speak uh, on this area. I appreciate her continued advocacy for people who need our help because we must do more. There's a sign in back that says applause right now. Applause. Cold, cold room for Sarah Nelson. Please cold, clap. Cold room for Sarah Nelson. Please, please applause. Now, we're also ramping up our marketing spending in these areas five-fold using modern digital advertisements to reach a diverse area of applicants from communities across the city. And I tell those interested in police reform, Protect the communities you love and serve. This is our recruitment strategy. I'm working with those interested in helping us build up a great department. Last year, I attended every single patrol roll call to meet with our officers. That was a modern first. Now, I needed them to know how much I appreciate their strong public service. That's the first reason I met with them. I also needed them to know my expectations as their mayor. And I also needed them to know that they can be the biggest recruiters as we rebuild the department in a one Seattle way. This is a journey they are on with me to help restore public trust, to help restore public confidence. Mm -hmm. Well, what you could do, Mayor, you could uh, try to get city council to get them a contract. This is their third year out of a contract. Still don't have one yet. And plus, you spied on him with the AI, and I mean, the contract is the thing that's really upsetting them. So, that's the um, that'd be a good way to get people, the police, to believe in you. But Do you think that the other? Uh, I'm hmm? sorry. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, so, uh, Mayor Harrell seems to have, and I, 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 I think he's a a good mayor, and I think he's got an unbelievably difficult job. But I've noticed in listening to his speeches now for the past year. He loves um, phrases, acronyms, things like that. One Seattle, the downtown activation plan, um, CARE, which is Civilian Assisted Response mm-hmm. and Engagement Department. Uh, he wants to use unabashed boldness to revamp the center city. I mean, he's big on these somewhat meaningless titles and uh, you know, descriptions of Expanding, ever-expanding government to solve the problem. We're going to create this, and then we're going to create this division. Uh, we didn't have them all in here, but every time you talk about we've, this is the most amount of money we've ever invested. And they clap, 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 clap. This is the most amount of money we've ever spent. Clappy, 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 clap. It's like, you go, you get, go, you go, you go, girl, for spend all that money. I love spending the money. If I were the, if I were the mayor, the first thing I put up there, I put charts up. I love charts. They do a Ross Perot. Let me show you something right here. Take a look at this. See that? That's how much money we spent in the last twenty years. Look at that. The number of homeless keep going up. Just show it. I'll lay it out. This is how much money you've spent because it's coming from you, not from me. It's your money. It's your taxpayers. This is how much money we spent in 2015. That's the number of homeless. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. That's the number. That's how much money we spent. That's the number of homeless we have. Keeps going up every single year. Seems like we spend more money. We get more homeless. And we show you how many apartments we had in 2014. 
This is a mom, pa, single family. These are affordable. Let me show you how we have now. Let me show you all the laws that we put on the books to make it harder to have apartments. These are all those laws. This is all the restrictions. So you see the connection between all of these? You see where the government gets involved? You see all the laws? You see the number of apartments going down? You see government gets involved? More money, more homeless. Do you see the connection between these things? I mean, it's just... Lay it out, but all this nonsense. I mean, all you know, due respect, just a bunch of crap sound, right? Like you said, with K C A R E, and then we're going to have the outreach for this and for that. Listen, people are leaving your city because they don't feel safe. You're taxing the hell out of them. They want somewhere else to go. They're leaving. The city, the businesses leave. The people leave. You lose your tax base. Seventy percent of the taxes in San Francisco are collected by business. That's from business. You're in a world of hurt. Mayor, because you don't care about providing the safety. You got a bunch of knuckleheads on your city council. Enjoy your next two years. Somebody else will get in there. You know, I think he does care. I just, I just, I just think he's, I think he's just overwhelmed and he's throwing pink paint on a lot of these really impossible problems and giving them catchy little names. One Seattle. He loves that. What does that even mean? What what do you say? When you walk away from that, it's like eating ice cream for dinner. You're like, oh, this tastes good for a minute. And then you're like, wow, that wasn't very satisfying. I mean, so it's just it, it, all of these these phrases and these these things that he throws out there. I just wonder if anybody says, d- is there any follow through on this? Eighteen hundred referrals. You're right. That could have been 1,800 business cards with the name of somebody to go talk to. Over a year, that's it? 1,800? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sherry, this is commonplace, unfortunately. We don't have the cut in here, but he does like the fact that businesses are forcing employees to come back, get people to come back into the city again. Yeah. Well, you better provide safe streets. Uh, mayor or uh, people are not going to come back. I don't know which businesses are. Is it Amazon's having people come back in Bellevue? I don't know how many were coming back in Seattle. But uh, listen, you know, that's it. That's the life in Seattle. People vote with their feet. Businesses vote with their feet. They go somewhere else. If it's just too hard to have a business, if there's too much crime, if people don't feel safe, your tax base goes away. But there you go, Sherry. Hopefully you feel a little better knowing that um, – we are one Seattle. By the way, did you look up one Seattle? What does it mean? One Seattle, I believe, was a program that he developed right after he got elected. And it's I'm assuming, if I remember correctly, that it has to do with unity. It has to do with everybody coming together to work toward a better community, to work toward a better city. But I think there's a lot of things underneath the one Seattle title Um but yeah, he referred yeah. to that in this speech quite a bit about in one Seattle, this will happen and this will happen and this will happen. Go back to what his original uh, blueprint was for moving the city forward. It's sad. I, I tell you, when I first moved here, I absolutely adored Seattle. I love that city. It was so pretty and clean and safe and there are so many places to shop and just walk around and enjoy yourself and then I don't know what the turning point was but man it had started and then it went downhill fast and then just the crime and the garbage and the just the it's sad to see where it was and now where it is you know they clean up these places but keeps going 
Uh, it's 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 very very hard at, a, after a I while to really get it back. But um, the one Seattle plan, uh, according to Google, is uh, the goal is to make the city more equitable. That's the first thing, livable, sustainable, and resilient for today's communities and future residents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, all right. Let's find something happy, Jacob. Darn you all. <laughs> Darn you to heck. Oh, wow. Number five new benefits and perks for employees. I guess good. I've said this story to Sherry like six times. Five ways to change your personality for good. And we've never done the story. I keep sending it to her. Wait, wait, wait. I don't, I don't choose the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Jacob I've, makes those decisions. I've got on my well, list. You're about to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Five ways for Sherry to ter- change your personality. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. I <laughs> well, guess. Maybe it's a message. So you're saying you want me to change my personality. You don't want to talk about oh, wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Who am I? Why am I here? There you are. Please quiet. Okay. Oh, yes. The John Gurley Sherry Elker Show. That's uh, who I am. That's who she is. And that's why you're here as well. Answer all those questions in one quick little soundbite. I hope that, well... I listened back to the show yesterday, as I always do. I hope that I hope no one else has been listening. Not our best <laughs> wait, work, wait, that's, that's not. This is not ever a goal is to have people not listen. What was it that? No, just hoping a lot of people took President's Day off, or just you know, I don't need radio for the day. It's President's Day. You know, I want to celebrate, go out and buy a mattress or something. Just listen back. It wasn't our best. It's okay. Room for improvement. Anything in particular that was? Uh... That, well, you and I'll talk later. There's no need to talk about. <laughs> In the air. Okay. Okay. All right. Just let me know. Just I, 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 if they add, you know, if you want to add it to my usual notes that I've given, um, just uh, just put it on the uh, on the doc. Go to PowerPoint. I'm sending yeah. a PDF PowerPoint, Dylan. Uh, let's see. There's a, a new benefits. This is the perks to get the employers are still tailoring these perks to try to get you to come to work for them, uh, or stick around and keep working for them. You steal somebody from somebody else, and uh, how are they? How are they? How are they baiting the hook now, Sherry? Well, these are perks that might happen in the future. They aren't Ooh. currently available, but they think future this is the way. Baits. Uh-huh. Yes, that these are the, going to be the kinds of things that companies will get creative about because they want to attract people. And a regular benefits package now, as they say in the article, is never going to be a one size fits all. So these are some ideas that might come come around. Uh, one is called stints and sabbaticals, and they say that human centered leadership is going to be the trend in management, global mindfulness, empathy, uh, respecting different cultures. These are all things that uh, the, the new leader will, will embrace. Um, so this would be something where you would go maybe either get a sabbatical where you could go off for two or three weeks and uh-huh. not have to work, or you would do a stint somewhere where you might get, say, 60 days where you could work from anywhere in the world if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Another one is a daycare for parents. Uh, we are very focused on daycare for children, but what they're finding is that we've got an aging workforce and many, many people are caring for an aging parent. And wow. this gets to be a problem when they have to leave work or they have to do whatever. So you might begin to see employer subsidized oh. care centers. Um, so you bring as- your mom and dad to work and drop them off down in the basement? Like that kind of thing, and my mom yelling, "Where's church prepared?" 
<laughs> yeah, or, or Lee Marvin. Yes, yes, that's yes. the idea. That huh. is the idea. Um, the other next one is customized benefits. Now, these would be mm. things that you could choose. So let's say you like um, skiing yeah. as your as your health, your exercise, right? That's how you stay in shape. Well, maybe yeah, they right. would offer ski equipment, um, a benefit for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, the only one I really, I think, has some weight to it is that the culture of the worker, the employee, has changed considerably. And they will have the upper hand, I think, for a little while. And this work-life balance that they have been fed, all about themselves and their self-esteem and all this other stuff, what are they called? What was the first part of that? Human something or other management? Human-centered leadership. I think they're probably going to have to bend. So if you're a 52-year-old guy or a gal and you're sitting behind the desk and you're talking to some 28-year-old, it's like you're talking to somebody from another planet. And they're not going to learn your language. You're going to have to learn their language and you're going to have to speak to them and coddle to them and bend the culture to fit them because they've got more power than you do. And they are coming in looking for that work-life balance. And they will quit at the drop of a hat and just go somewhere else if it's either too hard or it's not satisfying or whatever else it is that they're looking for. It's changed considerably. You know, if you think about it in the 50s and 60s, you came into work and that was the culture of what you did and how you spoke and what you wore. Or you even go back into the 1930s and you got into the factory and you wanted the job. You worked in that factory. You turned that screw or that bolt. You did whatever they wanted you to do and you didn't have any power. And it was all part of the corporate culture. I think the culture will change because younger people are coming in with a different attitude towards work than the folks from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Well, and remember, we're not talking about 20, 30, or 40-year uh, careers or decades at one company. Younger people no. jump around a lot. And so in order to retain people, uh, they have to stay competitive. And one of the ways they can do that is, you know, in uh, – Four or five years ago, it was what Google was doing or Amazon, where they would have free meals, free dry cleaning, on-site, anything you needed. Uh, so you mm -hmm. wouldn't leave the office to get those things done. Now they're taking it a, a step further and saying, you know, okay, we realize you don't want to spend every waking hour in the office, so take a sabbatical. Go do this. I mean, for them to, to be able to keep people around, they're going to have to do that. Another one that they brought up is on-site yeah. counselors. So um, because oh everyone God. seems to be obsessed with their mental health these days, and that's all <laughs> anybody talks about. Hey, 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 um, hey. I just realized you just did a list on the air. <laughs> you and Jacob just made a list and read them off one after another. Yo, you didn't number them. They tried to throw me off. But you were listing them. <laughs> And you would go, oh, here's another one, rather than saying number five. You just did a list on the air. Andrew, put her down. Okay. She's in Add the that to the notes from yesterday, okay? Just put that in the pile. Yes. Okay. The, the changing culture where people that don't like the job, if it's not satisfying to them, they just leave. That is, I've talked to a number of people that employ a bunch of people, and they said that's the most shocking. They just don't show up, or they just leave in the middle of the day, just gone. Never come back, never tell you why, no two weeks' notice, just gone, gone, gone. Just they don't, It's not 
part of of what they want to do. He said that he finds that to be the most remarkable. I wouldn't gonna. I'm gonna guess 20 years from now, or even more, or even less, the number of people having to work in corporations they'll be much smaller. Elon Musk says he can knock it down to about 400 people and run Twitter. And with this uh, AI chat stuff, you'll be able to eliminate even more jobs. You know, it used to be that in two and before the computer came in, and I and it was Univac or Sperry or which one did it. That in order to take over all of every single phone call made in the United States in 1982 or something like that, every single woman in the United States would have to work for the phone company if there were not computers. Every single one would be employed by the phone company. It might have been in the 1970s. So as the advancement of technology, you will take less and less people. So you won't have these giant corporations with 3,000, 34,000, whatever. They'll be, I think it'll be smaller, broken up units that won't be part of a great big kind of cultural machine that's, you know, this behemoth making decisions. So maybe it will be more personalized and still think about dropping your mom and dad off down in the basement. Oh, God. And you have to get a call that your mom's doing something, your dad's wandering around. I could see my father coming up and start managing people. Well, I mean, or, or maybe they, yeah, or maybe they'd like get the other oldies to smoke or something like that. They'd get into trouble, you know, or they'd be... Uh... Oldies? <laughs> Is that what you call them? The oldies. <laughs> the Andrew, right. Andrew, 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 I think you know oh. what to do. Oh, my goodness. I like a good term. I like oldies. It sounds... Yeah. <laughs> Put yourself in. I, I, I saw that coming, yeah. Andrew's the ar- deciding he's the arbiter of... <laughs> he, he only puts you in the, the book oldies. if he agrees. Let me tell you something. Guys, if it wasn't for the oldies, we would not be employed-ployed, okay? <laughs> we would not be employed-ployed. What? The oldies. You keep The oldies, that's who's listening. <laughs> the, the oldies are well, listening. No, no, no. These are these are these are we're pre old. Oh, more these, vital these individuals. Are, that you're saying, Sherry? Well, no. These are these are people that maybe you know aren't able to to manage their lives on their own. So they have reached a point in their life where they need supervision. By the way, Nate, are you going to be uh, Nate? Are you going to be uh, reporting on the train wreck that's occurring right now for Sherry? <laughs> <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> Riding tours is good, good for you. Right tours at MyNorthwest.com. Come on in to the State Roofing Text Line. one 888 By the way, I had a great meeting on Saturday morning. I called Sherry. I was so excited driving back. Dr. Natalie Ellington, my buddy, meeting with Deborah from Bite Me Cookies. We had breakfast over there at the 13 Coins, and it was just so exciting, Sherry, because big things happening for Dr. Natalie and um, her great nonprofit that I work with, and then they bite me cookies. Oh, oh, the cookies! Yes, Teeny, we talked about you. So, anyway, it was fun to have that all happen. And uh, did you hear the excitement of my voice when I called you on Saturday, Sherry? Yes, I was very happy yeah. for you. I know that this is yeah. something you had been trying to get together as far as the two yeah. of them making a connection. And they hit yeah. it off, and uh, they're going to make good, stuff. good things together. Good stuff yes. Coming. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, Dr. Natalie realized more than 10 years ago that when you're 18 years old and you're a female in the state of Washington, when you turn 18, they hand you a garbage bag and they send you out into the street. Foster care kids, that's the system. You either go to the morgue, you go to the street, homeless, prison, something. So she said, well, let's see if we can do something about that. So 
one girl at a time. Anyway, and we're trying to get those cookies, uh, sales of cookies or something good to come from it. Hey, by the way, I saw this story. Um, let's, let, let's flip the script a little quickly. So let's take care of Jeff Kuhn's balloon dog because I think we'll have more time. So Jeff Koons, um, he was famous for doing these sort of pop art sort of culture things. And you know what an b- inflatable balloon dog, you know, you beep, 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 you blow it up. I know how to make them. It's not a big, I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty good with balloon animals. <laughs> and, um, and he, Jacob, I'm sorry, were you sneezing or? Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> right. Sometimes my sneezes sound like giggles. Okay. Andrew, you know what to do with that drop. All right. Uh, the, did somebody break it? Intentionally? Yeah. No, not intentionally? No, I, I, no, not intentionally. So there was a something called the Art Winwood um, in Miami, and mm-hmm. there was a sculpture there that was one of the balloon dogs, and mm-hmm. it was worth about $42,000, okay? It's 16 inches tall, 19 inches long, and a woman, I, I don't know if she bumped into it or something, she inadvertently tipped over the um, the pedestal that it was on and the sculpture fell to the floor and completely um, shattered. Yes. At first, there were people there that thought this could be staged, that this was some either some kind of a, a you know, performance get attention, art. a performance art. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe a protest mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but then they said it became like a car accident. Everybody oh. just swarmed over there to look and to see what was going to happen. And, and the, I watched them as they swept up the shards of glass and, and everything. Oh. Um, this guy, Jeff Koons, has thousands of these balloon, balloon sculptures. Some of them yeah. are 10 feet tall. Some of them are 10 inches. I mean, they, they run the gamut, right? So mm-hmm. um, they're going to put together, you know, this the what's left of this thing and ship it <laughs> off i guess to the to the insurance company to see i i guess you know how much money they can get because it's insured um but one of the guys that like runs the gallery pointed this out he said listen there are 799 blue balloon sculptures now there's yeah. 798 they just increased in their value Oh, I was looking online. You buy one at Bergdorf Goodman. I don't know what size it is for 55000 Well, there's a deal if you need a balloon dog sculpture in your house. I mean, they're popular. Yeah. People, a lot of celebrities have them. They're, they're they? kind of trendy and cool, yeah. But uh-huh. um, it, it, you kind of wonder how this thing could not have been secured. I mean, it was just perched. It wasn't, it, I, I don't, I guess it would ruin the art if you tried to anchor it to the pedestal. But mm-hmm. it just seems like it's a little precarious to have something that valuable that anybody could just, just knock sit, into. Sitting there. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it. Just That's just prior to. I was doing an auction over at Dale Juhuli's place, and he's blowing glass, and he's got his two guys spinning this giant thing, and they're spinning it. He's going, bigger, bigger, keep going, going, going. And he's it's spinning and getting bigger, and I'm... 25 to get a 15, you get a 25,000, you get a 30,000, you get a 35,000, you get a 40,000, you get a 42, get a 44, you get a 48, get a 50,000 dollar, 50,000, 50,000 dollar now. Bigger, 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 and spinning and spinning. 55, now 60,000, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Then did you go backwards? Can you, can you do auctions? Can you do that? <laughs> I was like, like 55 well, uh, to 50 about, to. How about we do, we got. Looks like we got two big chunks. How about thirty thousand a piece right there? Huh? Anybody? <laughs> um, you could have gotten the momentum just blew out of the room. You're, bigger, make it bigger! It's spinning. Everybody's cheering. Woo, 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 woo. Mm. 
Bang! All over the place. Oh, uh, well. I'll show you. Sometimes less there is you more. There you go. That's the theme of this show. <laughs> and we deliver that every day. Every <laughs> day. Low bar. We don't even have a bar anymore. No. Save less is more as well, Jake, uh, Andrew, as long as you're in there saving that stuff. All right. I also want Jacob's. Sometimes my sneezes sound like giggles. Sometimes my sneezes sound like giggles. That's it. Okay. Thank you. All right. <laughs> It makes everybody sad and happy at the same time.